Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We are powered by Drivers Village. We go to the phone lines right now to bring on our first guest today. He's the Kansas basketball beat writer for the Kansas City Star. Jesse Newell is our guest. And uh, Jesse, thanks for giving us a, a few minutes of your time as we, we look ahead to Saturday's showdown uh, down in Miami between a couple of 6-0 uh, and teams. It's a different 6-0, and though. While Syracuse has beaten these three common opponents, Oakland, Texas Southern, and Toledo by a combined 45 points the Jayhawks have won those games by 124 plus they've got a win over Kentucky so my question to you to to start things off Jesse we knew Kansas was going to be good did you expect them to be this good this quickly with all these blowout wins plus that win over Kentucky yeah probably not I don't think anybody did and you know you look at some of the advanced measures out there the Ken Palms the BPIs the staggering basically everybody has Kansas number one that's the exact reason you're talking about which is they're facing some decent mid-major foes. Not great, but but not bad teams that are going to finish top two in their conference, and they're just smoking them. You know, like beating Oakland. Oakland, a very good mid-major team by 43, and then Toledo comes in, and KU beats them by 42. I mean, the Jacks have really been on a roll, and maybe one of the reasons I wouldn't have expected it is because um, they're still holding out Billy Preston. Their compliance department is checking into financial uh, the financial situation to his car, but what it's done is it's forced Bill Self to a really small rotation and forced him to play a four-guard lineup. And so far, so good. I mean, KU is just shooting the lights out. They've got guys who can drive and then definitely can shoot from the outside. So it's kind of forced him into something that I don't think he wanted to do. But so far, the early results, it's been really hard to argue with. So it might have kind of forced KU into something that is going to be very good for them moving forward. Yeah, you know, we talked about those mid-majors up here because Syracuse and, and Kansas, of course, playing, you know, Texas Southern, Oakland, Toledo uh, as part of this Hoopal tournament if you want to call it that and you know for Syracuse where you're like oh okay they beat them by about 15 points a game solid you you beat some good mid-majors and then you look at what Kansas is doing and, and they're beating them on average by the total margin that Syracuse won these games by it's really impressive to see what they've done early you mentioned the shooting uh and four guys shooting better than 50 percent from three uh wh- where did this come from were they expected to have good three-point shooting or, or guys over their heads right now well, I mean, they're they're obviously over their heads right now. You know, you talk about Sue Makai Luke, the leading scorer for Kansas so far. He's made 56% of his threes. <laughs> you know, like 56% is a pretty good field goal percentage. But and then when you're making that from three-point range, um, that's that's really impressive. The, the thing about it is they knew coming into the season that they would have these four shooters. Um, and coming in, you know, Malik Newman, Devontae Graham, LaGerald Vick, uh, and along to go with Sue Makai Luke. And that makes them a dangerous team to guard, but... What's really changed over a couple of years for Bill Self is he's always been, and you know, rightfully so, they've always been a team that's played too big, and they've kind of played to angles. And there's always the old cliche that you know Bill Self is a high-low coach, and you see the big man throwing to the other big man and getting a layup, that sort of thing. But it's gone crazy over the last two years where he's allowed his guys to shoot way more three-pointers than he has in any of the past years. You know, If you look back just over the history of time from what they've done, I mean, they've rarely, if ever, shot more than about 32, 33% of their shots have been threes. This year, it's up to 39%. So um, that weapon that KU maybe has had in previous years, they just kind of have kept it down a little bit just because they've had good big men. They've had Perry Ellis's and Thomas Robinson's and Marcus Morris's. And, you know, you can go down the list of the dominant big men that they've had. But uh, this is a completely different team, a different arsenal. And how they do it, they, they kind of get some uh, weave action you'll see from the four game that they run. You know, they'll, they'll have guys with straight line drives. And then if somebody commits, and they pass right back out, and you have somebody that's out there with an open three-pointer. And then 
if you commit too much to that, then they've got Yudoka Azubuki, who is one of the best dunkers and one of the best lob catchers in college basketball. And so far, he's shooting 76% from two-point range. So it really is a pick-your-poison thing. We've seen different teams try to defend KU differently early on. Some guys have just stayed with their man and not you know, helped and, and not allowed three-pointers, and that's what Toledo did. And they lost by 42, and you've seen teams that have helped, and then that's Texas Southern, and they gave up 114. So it's been difficult to come up with solutions against KU defensively. I know, obviously, Syracuse is going to try something different and make them shoot over the top of all that length that the, the Orange has. And, and that's right where I was going next, Jesse. Uh, you, you read my mind with the 2-3 the zone. There are two things that we've seen traditionally really bother this Syracuse 2-3 zone. It's the ability to attack from the high post, and it's the ability to, to have multiple shooters around the perimeter and, and, as you said, kind of pick your poison with who's going to beat you on a given night. Do you feel like this Kansas team is, is, is almost perfectly made to attack this zone because they've got the four shooters and they do have some athleticism in, in, in the post position? Well, in theory, yes. And this has been an unselfish KU team, too. I think you guys have seen with Syracuse's defense that sometimes the best way to pick up hard is you just get the ball moving in, out, in, out, in, out, and, and get somebody open. I saw that uh, you know Syracuse had some high assist numbers against them every single year because if you pass it well, you're going to find some openings. But yeah, you know, I was just looking quickly at the numbers for Syracuse defensively, and you, you know, allowed a ton of three pointers so far this year. Um, and, and teams are shooting okay from three point range. So KU hypothetically has the type of team that you have to guard multiple guys on the perimeter, and if you can move the ball, get it back out, shoot some open threes, and make them, that should be a difficult thing for Syracuse to stop. However, um, going back, the one game this year that KU really struggled, and you guys made reference to this early, is Kentucky. And what did Kentucky have that basically all these other teams haven't? They, they just had length upon length upon length. And so um, KU missed a few shots in that game early at, at the United Center in Chicago. Um, from there, they kind of still continued to struggle from three-point range. And when those threes didn't fall, they were trying to drive, and Kentucky was blocking everything that was uh, on the interior. So, you know, again, in theory, this seems like an okay matchup for KU, especially with the freedom of mind that these guards have taking three-pointers and not feeling bad about it. But – you know, you miss a couple early, you get confidence shaking a little bit. I mean, KU has every single game KU's played except for that Kentucky game has been at home, and that's when they've shot lights out. Maybe a different environment. Uh, the, the shooting confidence won't be there as much. So, you know, I could really see it going one of both ways. I could see Syracuse's length very much bothering the Jayhawks. That's been something over time that has given Bill Self's teams problems. But, again, this team's a little bit different than years past where they have so many shooters and they've been allowed to shoot those three-pointers. So um, if the ball movement's there, if the open three-pointers are there, I guess it's up to whether he makes them or not. And so far this year, overwhelmingly, the Jayhawks have been making them. Talking with Jesse Newell, he's the Kansas City star, Kansas beat reporter. And uh, Jesse, you know, you mentioned Billy Preston, and I think we're familiar with the name because Syracuse was in that last group of schools that he was choosing between. Ultimately ends up going to Kansas, uh, but yet to play this year. Um, it's a car accident and maybe financial benefits. Can you just fill us in on some of the details there and and why he's being held out right now? Yeah, there haven't been too many details, but you talked about the car accident. I think that's where people get a little bit confused. Is um, you know they say, well, he had a car accident. Why is he being held out for this long? It really didn't have much to do with car accident, other than it kind of opened the compliance department's eyes to okay, why is he driving this vehicle? Let's get some background on this vehicle and see where it came from, that sort of thing. So really, all that happened, um, he, he ran over a curb, basically, and, and flattened his tires. I mean, that's, that's kind of how this whole thing started. But when that happened, KU, and I believe most schools do this, they make you register your vehicle, all these vehicles that the players drive, with the athletic department just so they can check and make sure everything is clear with them. And um, it, it sure seems at this point that this was a vehicle that was not on that list because KU has continued to investigate 
and as they said in their release, the financial details regarding the vehicle. So um, that's basically all we know at this point, that, that Billy Preston was driving a car, and that was before the Kentucky game. So he's missed now, let's see, that's one, two, five games. Uh, he actually missed the first game because of, quote, missing curfew. So he's missed all six games of season five after this issue. But it's just kind of a wait-and-see mode right now. There really hasn't been much leaked out about it or, or kind of what the process is with it. But, you know, you could see easily when it's taken this long that there could be some issues or major issues or something that would keep him out of games just because if it was simply, hey, grab the registration or grab the title or, or we, want, we want to see proof that, that you own this vehicle, it seems like you'd have had that information two weeks ago. So the fact that this is dragged on seems like it probably is a serious situation that at some point is going to be resolved, but that point hasn't happened just yet. Billy Preston, uh, one of the, the many young players, young talented players on this Kansas squad. But I, I, when I look at the roster, uh, Jesse, I, I think one difference maker, especially when you know you get into March and you, you try to contend for a, a national title, is the fact that you have some some veterans, some seniors. Two of your best players there are are seniors, and including Devontae Graham. And, and it you know just watching the little that I've seen of Kansas so far this year, it doesn't look like he makes a mistake. He always seems to make the right decision. Certainly the other night when he he dropped thirty five. Uh, uh, how important is that to have senior leadership at the guard position if you're going to try to contend for a national title? Uh, well, and again, for a national title is, is one thing, but for this particular Kansas team, it's been it's been super vital. You know, the the thing about Devontae Graham is he has the right mindset, and I think what he does for them is his mentality has kind of filtered down throughout the rest of the team, and you guys will see this on Saturday. Which is let's take let's take Malik Newman. I just wrote about him as a perfect example. Okay, so so picture Malik Newman as he's coming into Kansas. He's a former top ten recruit. He went to Mississippi State a year, then thought about entering the draft, then decided to transfer to Kansas. Still has pro aspirations, all those sorts of things. If you read his scouting reports online, he's known as a scorer. Like like if you read the NBA Draft.net scouting report on him, scorer is twice in the first sentence. So I mean, this is a guy that always has had the ball in his hands, always. You know, the term is sticky fingers. You know, we'll shoot the ball if he sees it. There's a couple plays against Toledo last game where he has a, a play run for him, like a stagger screen, a couple screens set for him. He has a decently open shot, but instead he takes a dribble, finds Steve McKaylook in the corner for a wide open three. He makes it. And right now Malik Newman, the guy I talked about, you know, pro aspirations, always been a scorer. He's the fifth leading scorer on this year's Kansas team. So where does that come from? I mean, it comes some from, from Bill Self and, and having an unselfish mindset and having – his guys buy into that, but it comes mostly from Devontae Graham, which is he came back for his senior season. He could have gone pro last year, but he decided to come back and kind of fill in Frank Mason's shoes. And so far, what has he done for this team more than anything else? He's passed the ball. You know, he's top 50 in assist rate. He was he had double-digit assists in three of KU's first four games. And, again, if your best player is the one who's passing the ball the most and being the most unselfish, that has to filter down. I mean, it's only natural for that to filter down. And so now – you know, um, LeGerald Vick is unselfish, and Malik Newman is unselfish, and all their guys have become unselfish, and that starts with Devontae Graham at the top. Now, he's going to battle for All-American honors by the end of the season. He's going to have great numbers, all those sorts of things. But what he does best for this team is he's kind of set the tone for what they should be as teammates and as players. And everything you see from Kansas on Saturday as far as moving the ball and getting it to the open man, that starts with Devontae Graham. That starts with him being that senior leader that you talked about. Last one for you, Jesse. Uh, and I realize the... The perception will be different up here than it is uh, where you are. But anytime Syracuse fans see Kansas on the schedule every once in a while, as Kansas pops up, it brings back warm and fuzzy feelings here for the because of the 2003 national title game. I, I know that the current players there probably don't care at all about Syracuse. You know, playing Syracuse means nothing to them. For that fan base, though, the Kansas fan base does. 
Does it mean anything to to go up against Syracuse? You know, given what happened, I, I realize it's fourteen years ago, but up here it's a big deal. Anytime Syracuse plays Kansas, what about over there? Yeah, I think it means something for people that are my age and older and, and our age. But it is crazy to think about. You know, fourteen years ago, I, I just think of that as part of um, being around here and part of the past. But gosh, I mean, if you're in college now, you were what four, five years old, six years old. So, <laughs> you're making uh, me feel old. <laughs> that's crazy for me to think about. Um, you know, I heard some writers from KU writers. Uh, uh, a guy was passing the other day who writes for one of the, the recruiting sites. Uh, I mentioned the Syracuse game coming up on Saturday, and he said, can someone guard Jerry McNamara, please? Can somebody stand <laughs> in front of him so he can can stop making three-pointers from the top of the key? So I think a little bit of that is still in there. But, again, like you said, uh, it's been such a long time. It's, it's been a while now, so it's mostly people uh, 30s and up that can remember that. But uh, that game, that was that was probably one of the biggest regrets, you know, looking back of, of Kansas basketball history, just that they couldn't defend him. Uh, better in the first half and that they couldn't get that win just because it would add to the title. For all of KU's success over time, they only have three true national championships when you look at the NCAA tournament, and that lags behind some of the other great programs out there. So um, that was one of the missed opportunities for Kansas, and and like you guys said, that that should bring up a lot of good memories for Syracuse fans because uh, that was a great win. I would imagine that Kansas fans look back on on that game like Syracuse fans look back on on Indiana and the Keith Smart shot yeah. in '87. And I, I would imagine it's much the same way the one that that felt like it kind of got away. Uh, Jesse, thanks so much for the insight. Great insight, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. Hopefully, we can do it again down the road. All right, sounds good, guys. Appreciate it. All right, there he is, Jesse Newell, Kansas basketball beat writer for the Kansas City Star. We need to take a timeout. Back after this on Orange Nation.